Godfather, right? All right. Welcome to uh, Chapter Chumps. I don't know what episode this is. It's a special episode. It's a special it episode. And if, if if you weren't aware, that that beautiful singing, that was Connor's rendition of the Lord of the Rings uh, opening theme song. I thought he was imitating his cat. <laughs> that too, well, the cat sings a song for him every, every morning <laughs> to wake him up. That's how they sound when they're asking for food. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we've had a bit of a hiatus. Only we've a couple weeks. Been on a, yeah. a bit of a break. Yeah, a short break, but a break nonetheless. Um, where we have finished reading the Fellowship of the Ring... And before we begin the next book, we have been wanting to watch uh, the Peter Jackson Fellowship of the Ring movie. We have just watched the extended edition together. Some of uh, us for the first time. On Blu-ray, nonetheless. On Blu-ray, nonetheless. 4K Blu-ray. Yes. <laughs> and it only messed up once. Yeah, it's impressive. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. There's something... Um, almost comforting and nostalgic about putting a disc in and just seeing it fuck up, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> just like, wow, it's so cool, I've, it doesn't work. I honestly don't think I've seen a di like physical media mess up since, like, very early DVDs that got scratched to hell because, well, you know, kids were trying to play the DVD. Sure. But th th that's kind of, like, part of this, you know, I, I felt like this was kind of like a, we, we kind of uh, time traveled back to the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s. <laughs> And that and, and, and that was very appropriate for True. that era. Yeah. So. True. It's a little frustrating though because it's literally a brand new disc in a player that is only a few months old. I mean, they That's might maybe five, three or four discs. In. They they might intentionally scratch it just a little bit to give you that effect. Maybe it could have also just been kind of like the, the the like the record um, uh, scratch sound like in the background of like songs. You know, they have like the the, right, the like right, the record right. pops and stuff. Yes. Yeah. As kind of ambiance. Yes. Same thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we have just... Do you think they ever recorded the record scratch sound on a record? Like, you're playing the record normal, but it makes the, it makes the record yeah. scratch sound. You know, I'm sure, yeah, yes. well, yes, yes. Happened, but there's yes. definitely records that, yeah, but what it's kind of, it's, but it is strange. It's kind of like recordception yeah. at yeah. that point. Yeah. It's very what strange. Happened, what happens if you did the record scratch when that happened, though? Double records? I don't know if anyone <laughs> has ever attempted a double record scratch. I don't think they should. I'm afraid. I think I'm I think some things cause the record player to catch fire. Some things have yeah. not been attempted for a reason. At least the at the very least there would be a small explosion, I think. Yeah. Don't hold, she's breaking up. Uh so yeah, we uh we have watched uh Peter Jackson's The Fellowship of the Ring extended edition together. Really in, glad we got to watch this in person. In together. person, yeah. 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 The the credits just finished rolling after putting the last 15 minutes of them on fast forward. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the credits themselves are like almost half an hour. 
Yeah, which is that was nuts. crazy. Yeah, yeah. We were, I was a little worried when we popped in disc two and said two hours at eight thirty. Yeah, eight forty-five. And Josh is like, "Yeah, I gotta wrap it up by 11, I think. <laughs> no, I, I said it would prefer somewhere between eleven minutes. Yeah. I, I was just surprised at the end of the credits. You know, we got the post-credit scene teasing mm. uh, the two towers. Yeah, I, this really feels like the first Marvel post-credit scene. And I mean, the, the fact that Iron Man was was in the scene, just like, just like you know, promoting. The two towers. I I was like kind of blown away. I didn't know that they had that foresight. Yeah, I didn't even he, know. Wasn't he still on the on that bender back then? He might have been in rehab at that point. I don't yeah, know. yeah. They, they wheeled him out. You know. Yeah. It's nice of them to, yes. to include. Yeah. <laughs> I, he must have signed the contract or something. I mean, he point. was already wearing the Iron Man costume. So yeah, right. It, I mean that that must have been in in the works for a while, which is pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, this was like you mentioned. Some people, it's their first time watching the movie. Some people is me. It was my first time. <laughs> it's me. I'm it was, some people. I'm some people. Uh, it was my first time, at, at the very least, watching the entire thing. I don't know. I I, I, I know for a fact I, didn't, I did not see it in theaters. Um, I maybe have seen bits and pieces of it at, like, friends' houses and, well, we, or something. We didn't see it in theaters because you and I were literally in first grade when this came out. Yeah. So, that, I mean, <laughs> eh, I mean... If, like, I had somebody in my family who was, like, a, like a Lord of the Rings fan or something, they might have taken me. Like, that's not out of the realm that's, possibility. That's fair. But I, nobody in my family is interested in that dork shit, you know? Yeah. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Say, <laughs> it, it was outside the purview of my immediate what, family so as well. What what year did this movie come out? 2001. We looked it up before. 2001. 2001. Now, was it before or after? No, it, we, we have to ask if it's before or after. We do. Because that changes a lot. It does. Yeah. Is this well, a, a pre or post 9 11 movie? I mean. It's pre, right? Pre, yeah. It was filmed okay. before. It would have been filmed well, for before. Sure. Well, for sure. Release. Uh, of course, the the creation, the production of it, obviously, regardless of when it's released, it's, it is a pre 9 11 movie. But is it released? Pre nine eleven. Because I think that just depends. Like it, it changes everything in terms of the reaction to the movie. I mean, I, I, I think you know we were talking about this before a little bit, but I don't know what happens in the two towers. <laughs> but but just going by that name, like if if this the, the, movie the follow up yeah. to your nine eleven movie well, is the two towers. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, if this movie came out a few years earlier and two towers came out in two thousand one, <laughs> like. How fucked would they be? They would, they would have had to put it on hold. They would have scrapped it. They, or would, have, or they would have had to put it on hold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I just don't... It's kind of like, you know, like that, that Wilco oh. album or whatever. With Released the, December 19th, 2001 in the United States. Wow, wow. so it's... There so we it go. Is, it's post, post, post 9-11. Post. Yeah. Released in a post 9-11 world. That's, wow. that's interesting. I mean, part of me feels like it's... um. You know, at, at its core, it's a good and evil story, right? So it's, I mean, kind of maybe nine eleven, like you know, boosted interest in in Lord of the Rings. You know, it's like Frodo. Frodo is like George Bush, mm-hmm. and um, well, <laughs> right, purely good, just yeah, a, purely just the perfect good. paragon of exactly. goodness. Yep. Um, uh, Dumbledore, not Dumbledore, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the other wizard. Uh, uh yeah. Gandalf. Whoever the fuck. Gandalf is um is Condoleezza Dick Rice. Dick Cheney. Oh right. Okay. No, so, Dick, Dick Cheney is Sam. Dick Cheney is Sam for sure. Yes, okay. For sure. And um and then yeah, obviously um Osama bin Laden is uh Saruman. Sa- Saruman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he, Osama bin Laden would be Saruman, but, and then um Saddam Hussein would be uh 
Sauron. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Or vice versa. Actually, it might be the other way around. Yeah, maybe because yeah. Osama bin Laden was... Which one? He he well, was just... He, he was, like, captured after. I don't know. Well, I mean, Saddam Hussein was the leader of Afghanistan and... Uh, I'm sorry, too many names all at once. Um, Osama bin Laden was the head of Al-Qaeda. Yes. Yeah. The terrorist group. So yes. He's but, pro- yeah, he's probably well, Sauron. I, I think, yeah... yeah I, well, but he was I, I think he was captured right the way first after. Time. I think you had it right the first time. I yeah. think Osama bin Laden is Saruman and Saddam Hussein is. Sar- if if we're gonna if we're gonna assign the, I think it would be that. But one. I think Saddam was taken down first. Yes, and then Osama bin Laden because oh. Obama took down Osama bin Laden himself. Uh, Obama did that. Yeah, himself. on on the eve Thanks, of my Obama. birthday, actually. Obama did that, that himself. The, that the yeah, that, that was in December. Awesome. Yeah. It was. Look it up. No, I, I, um, I remember sitting in my room watching the address. And, and uh, yeah, and... Um, I remember being, like... The fucked, up, the fucked up kid that I was was like, wow, so cool, it happened on my, on my birthday. Yeah. Wow, yeah. justice prevailed. And well, I'm, like, thinking, right. like, like, that's just, like, why, why? why you know, like... You, 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 watch, you watch the video of him getting his neck popped. I don't think I, I, don't think I have watched that video. No, I haven't either. But you have, right? It sounds like it. Uh, you were into that shit when you were younger. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those, you know. It's yeah. just one of those things. Like you're, yeah. you know, you're growing up in a in, in a, a sick yes. and twisted time. Yes, a I know. sick and I twisted know. time. Uh, know. You know where it's like you know the, these things are just thrown out there into the ether I know. for for no regard of where they land. And I mean, thankfully now the the war on terror worked, and we we live in it's a perfect. I think world. everything's good now. Yeah, everything's good now. We're um, we're living in like a post Return of the King. World. Yes. Really. Yeah. And I have no idea how that ends, but uh, I'm assuming everything's fine. Yeah. And everyone lives happily ever after. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know. No, maybe maybe uh, Saruman is Trump. No. He's too smart to be Trump. Well, because he's like one of the... He, he's like one of them. Like, he like in this case, he'd be an American who's like... But actually, he's like evil. Yeah. You know? No. I, I, I think... <laughs> I, I think we are maybe just... Veering off we are, too wildly, we're going way off, but <laughs> too I, wildly right yeah. now, <laughs> a little too wildly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this is our first episode post Fourth of July, so it's <laughs> <so, so laughs> appropriate. <laughs> um, well, so so Connor kind of, this this started because Connor brought up a little bit of like his um, personal history with the movie. Yes. Like, oh, you know, I've seen bits and pieces, yep. this and that. Um, Josh, you've talked about this before too. But um, when you you had first watched this movie on a bus trip, yeah. So um, I'll give it a moment. Uh, when I first saw the movie in high school. I was part of the robotics team, and we were going to nationals in St. Louis. We were finding was... that they had offered SAG this proposal. Okay. Which was, um, I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> in 10, 12 hour bus ride from New York. Um, I may be off by a few hours there, but it was many hours of which we spent some of them asleep and the rest of them watching Lord of the Rings. Cause on like the square TVs in the back of a, mm. of a bus, you know how that was back in 2000. 
Uh, yeah, I've heard stories. I've never, I didn't ever go on any field, you know, field trips, so I don't, I wouldn't actually know. But you yeah. didn't go on any field no. trips. No, I don't. I didn't, you I didn't, never went on a field trip. No, no, I, I didn't do Fuck that. Fuck you. I never. I never <laughs> I'm not having this stuff. stupid conversation with you where you just lie. No, not not any asshole. like long term. Like I, I, I didn't ever want to go away with the people that I was going to school with. You know what I mean? Like I, I never wanted to do that. Okay, so you have gone on field trips. Just, like day, day but, trips. But, but you didn't go on a field trip that warranted like a coach bus where you would be watching Correct. a movie on yes. the trip to it. I would always much okay. rather just have the time off of school than yeah. do that. Yeah, so. okay. Well, I think we missed... It wasn't time off of school. It was like... I think Friday was... We were missing classes. Mm. We had to like make up the, the work. And then it was like over the weekend. But, but on the trip, so did you watch the trilogy? We watched the we watched all but the last fifteen minutes of the trilogy. Oh no! Yeah. So what happened ah. was we watched we watched Fellowship and I think half of of um, Two Towers on the way there, and we finished Two Towers, and it, we were literally at the scene where they're well, we we were at the uh, a one of the like climactic scenes uh, after all the battles and stuff. It was I think it was one of the endings of the movie, as I understand it. That uh, we got back to the school, so they and all the teachers were like, "Well, we're here. Get off the bus." And we're like, "But there's like five minutes left," and they're like, "Too bad." Mm-hmm. And it was just so I, I didn't see it again until uh, my freshman year in college when a couple friends just had it playing in a dorm, and I showed up at like halfway through this movie, and I think it was the extended edition. It was like. 2 a.m. by the time we went to bed. And and how did re-watching this movie stack up against your memory of it? So much better. Because now I've read the book. And so much more stuff made sense. I understood what they were talking about half the time. Um, I was picking up on act- names and understanding what they were. And mm-hmm. like, oh, we were pronouncing that completely differently. Or, hey, they're going, they're steering into the pronunciation we, we deliberately steered away from. Uh, for uh, Gloin specifically. And there's a yeah. big bug behind your head on the window on the outside. It's like a giant grasshopper. There is. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry to get distracted. No, I was just worried it was on my head. No, no, I was on the other head, side of the window. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. No. Yeah, you were like close to freaking out. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were going to lose your shit if like no, it was no, actually no, on no, your no. head. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, that's and then that was uh, about... It was over a decade ago. Jesus Christ! That's yeah, crazy, no, that, right? that would have been twenty. That would have been end of twenty twelve. So it's been over a decade. Ten ago. and a half years. Is that wait? Is that wait a minute? Wait a minute. Because I think about like when I went to school. Like I'm old, you know. But you're you're saying it was over a decade ago that that you were starting college. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my our high school ten year anniversary was last was year last summer. Oh yeah. my fucking yeah. god! But we didn't talk about it because nobody set anything up because of a because of COVID, b because there were seven hundred people in my fucking class, so nobody communicated. Oh so my god! There's just too many people. Yeah, and Facebook died. So we we're old as fuck, and you're even older. <laughs> that was that's exactly like but the, he's in school that's exactly yeah. the like fucking like the, the, the dawning realization is like if that's how old you are i'm older than you yeah. like that's fucked up but you're the one who's in school right now that's, and that's true why we're recording on a tuesday night that's instead true of this last Saturday. that's true this motherfucker, is, this motherfucker is 38 and doing homework okay <laughs> oh, okay yeah. all right all right uh so connor you know, uh, your memory of this movie, it sounds like it was spotty at best. 
I'm also wondering, did you feel like as you were watching this movie, like, were there any moments of, like, sharp clarity where you're like, oh, shit, like, I remember this? Or was it all just, like, a fucking fever dream that you were yeah, just, like, reliving? I mean, I, I, I honestly don't even know if I... If, if I saw this movie, like, like I, I, I think I have memories of like the the last movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know about the two towers, and I don't. And then for this movie, like all that, like rang a bell were were the memes, like the the, oh, the yeah. scenes that became memes. You know, can you know? Can we first five? Minutes, can we talk about the memes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot more of than from this movie. More than I thought. There were, were yeah. Like the, the first five minutes, he's talking with Gandalf shows up, and I'm just like, oh, there's the first gift, and it's just Gandalf nodding. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we. Bam. Then, then uh, you keep your secrets is like very, very right early after on. That. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like right. bang, bang, bang. Yep. I mean, it's not. And then, like between that and just the lines that are completely iconic, yep. like they might not be memes, but the whole like a wizard is never late. You mm-hmm. know, again, or, right in the first five minutes. Yes, like it just really goes to show. The impact that this movie has has had, like yeah. in the same realm as, um, you know, I don't know, fucking uh, prequel memes. Prequel memes. That's a that's a great uh, uh, comparison. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the the one that didn't land as much for me though was the uh, um, how about an old friend when when he's. Knocking on the yeah. door, yeah, yeah. I've seen so many versions of that, that when he actually just said Gandalf when he came out the door, it's like, oh man, I've seen things where it's like entire sentences that end in Ulf. And it's just, it feels so weird to have just Gandalf. Mm. But it, I mean, that's how it is. That's that's the actual yeah, line. Yeah. It's, it's weird kind of experiencing art in, in a way where it's like, edited and repurposed and spread far and wide on the internet like for your for over a decade this, this is how i've been experiencing experiencing pop culture my entire life because it's, yeah. it's just the simpsons sure half sure does everything they, have, they didn't touch lord of the rings much when i was growing up and watching them still but that's what's like for me when i watch some, when i finally get around to watching the original reference yeah and it's like oh why do i know this oh i knew this from the yeah Simpsons. no yeah it's it's for sure similar and you know for for experiencing that for such a long time and then seeing the the actual thing it's like it, it is kind of like a mind fuck you're like oh whoa yeah that's why i love it's it different because it's, it's different yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now connor yeah um you know, we kind of went through our experience with with the, this movie or Lord of the Rings uh, when when the movies came out. For you, I don't really know where 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 you are. You know, obviously, I, I think you've seen them. Did you see them like when they first came out, or was it a little bit afterwards? No, was your brother into them, probably. That yeah, that's more what it was. Like, so my older brother is um, six years older than me. So like, I'm old as dirt, which means yeah. he old, he he, he's old as shit. Ancient. Yeah, he's old as shit. Yeah. He's almost turning 50, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next year. Next year. That's a joke for No, his, his 50th Five birthday already passed. He's, he's approaching 60 fast. Um, so, yeah, like, my, my experience of Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings growing up, um, it did feel like it it, it had, like, this um, larger-than-life sort of presence to it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, n- not a lot of that is is necessarily connected to, like, me going to see the movie. Is like, I don't remember going to see the movie in theaters or anything. 
But I remember very clearly uh, my brother and one of his good friends um, having the DVDs for this. Andrew. You remember Andrew Gary? Of course I do, yeah. Wow, yeah, yes, okay. I, I, I feel dumb for not name dropping, but yeah, 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 Drew Garrity. Um, shout out to Drew Garrity, love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hope, I, hope he's, I, really, I hope he's doing good. <laughs> love that guy. I have no memory of him, but the name does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah. Um, You've met him for sure, at least once. Yeah, no, I, I must I, have. I, I, I am sure, but it, it is just funny. To, yeah. <laughs> to, I'm like <laughs> dancing around it. You're like, yeah. oh, you mean Drew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like having the DVDs and then like... It, it actually, like, just as we were hanging out earlier, Connor, you were like, what's up with the handle on the GameCube? Is yeah. it to, like, bring the, the GameCube to your friend's house? But, like, I remember at the time, um, the GameCube games, the this was during a time when movie adaptations, or, sorry, video game, video games of movie adaptations yeah. were really yes. popular. Yes. Yeah. Video game tie-ins. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my game collection just to see if I have any of those yeah. still. Yeah. And, like, so during this time, I remember playing, like, the GameCube uh, movie fucking... Why can't I fucking talk? I've had... This is my fifth beer. I'm a little drunk. But, like... It's no different than... Any other <laughs> but, but, like, fucking video games yes. are the goddamn fucking movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would, they would get them, and so, like, a lot of my experience of this was, like, playing the video games, too, and, like, kind of learning the story that way. And then, just even more than that, too... Um, I, I remember on, uh, Newgrounds, I, I liked this creator called Legendary Frog, and he would make these flash videos okay. of, um, just, you know, a bunch of shit, but, like, uh, specifically I remember his, uh, Lord of the Rings videos, <laughs> which, uh, probably really aren't that great, but, like, I just, you know, it's like, you're 11, you're watching yeah. this shit, like, it was so fucking it's hilarious the thing ever. And I, I guess, like, the message that I'm trying to convey here is, like, it almost feels like the movie was, like, refracted, you know, outwardly through through all these different things, and then, like, all, you know, all these reflections of it, like, came back to me. Yeah, so, yeah. So even though I don't have, like, exact memories of watching the movie at that time, like, all the, all the impact of it and all the influence of it at that time, I still remember feeling like I was surrounded by it. And so... I, I still have, like, a very strong sense of nostalgia for it, even though I, I can't say I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember where I was when this movie came out. I remember sitting down in the cinema. Like, it's not that um, specific, but it's about everything, like, around it. Yeah, it's not even uh, entirely about the movie itself, but yeah. the, the impact it had on on kind of the culture that you surrounded yourself with, which is yes, very interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, you know, not not to the same extent, but but certainly, Lord of the Rings has always been like a, a presence in in my life. You know, it's always been a reference point for things that I've watched, and people are like, "Oh, this is like whatever, Lord of the Rings," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, cool, whatever." Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, finally seeing the the real deal is very cool, and it, and I think it's um it's also uh, a testament to. Peter Jackson that his his film adaptation of like a really um you know special and renowned book like really hit hard and it actually like made an impact on culture like oh, I mean almost as big as the book itself I think so yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a, that's like a 
once in a generation thing. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I think people were still trying to replicate the success of these movies, not not necessarily by um, adapting, like, other famous book series, but, like, that, too. Like, that's where yeah. the Narnia books, yes. you know, those yep. adaptions came from. And uh, The Golden Compass, Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, like... You know, people were trying to replicate that that more specific success, but I, I think even more broadly, um, this did a lot of work for like cementing the trilogy idea too, like mm, for better and for worse. Definitely, it, it, certainly not to say that um, Peter Jackson's film series invented the trilogy. Like ob- we can look to Star, Star Wars, Wars Erasure. Star Wars would have cemented yeah, it. Yeah, we, we can look to many things. Star but Wars I, Erasure. But, but I, in modern I, culture, I, I though... Do, right, but I do like, think it has, like, a big, big impact. Yeah, because I, I think Star Wars did that, you know, obviously the late 70s, early 80s, and then there were a bunch of these movies that were trying to ape Star Wars, and, um... For better or for worse, but then I think for I think the late '80s and '90s, maybe I'm totally off base, but I don't think that there were like I don't know franchises really did that many trilogies. Like there were superhero movies that did sequels and stuff. In 1999. This is a this came out concurrently with. The yeah, that's trilogy. a good point. That's a, that's a good point, but but that's kind of around the time where culture was like. It was ramping up, kind of that same kind of serialized. I I think what I what maybe would be a good point to differentiate. It's not that people weren't making trilogies or that trilogies weren't popular, and that you couldn't tie that success back to Star Wars because you can. Like in my mind, I'm thinking also about like uh, the Terminator series. Sure, Terminator sure. One and yeah. Two, yeah. huge hits. Rocky. Okay, but yeah. but then you know what else happens a lot is that the third movie in a trilogy is a flop. Mm. And with this, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think what also was um, so humongous about Lord of the Rings is it's kind of like Peter Jackson stuck the landing. Sure. You know, like that's kind of the cultural idea and the understanding of these movies too. TBD for me. It's it's like (laughs) a complete, um, you know, like solid telling where where the ending doesn't uh, fall apart. And Mm. and so I think too, like people were looking at it, it's like, oh, like it, it, it can be done, you know? And and more more than that too. I'd argue for the original trilogy of Star Wars stuck the landing. Well, I mean, I mean, I, we have forty years of hindsight now, but I I do I do agree with that. I mean, we you and I have both said that Return of the Jedi is our favorite Star Wars film, and I stand by yeah. that. I, I'd fight to the death over that. It's my favorite of the original trilogy too, for sure. But um, y- you know what I what I mean more is like lo- b- before Peter Jackson made. Lord of the Rings, it was considered, just like Dune was, to be one of those unfilmable things. Mm. And then he did it, and yeah. it was like, oh, it can be done. Like, yeah, you know, it's always yeah. considered to be impossible until it's done, and then so they do it. Remember how I said I tie everything back to The Simpsons? There's yes. actually, there's an episode where it's like a flashback episode to the ni- to 1991 or something, and I, th- I think Homer's supposed to be in college and with Marge. And it pans by a bunch of nerds on the campus, and comic book guys like preaching to the other nerds, and you just all you hear is, and that's why Lord of the Rings will never be made into a live action film. <laughs> yeah, yes, and and that's just stuck with that one line is from that one episode is just stuck with me all these years. That's very funny, and I think it's like making me think now, like if 
Peter Jackson did not do this and or, or or didn't stick the landing and it was a flop, would we be getting Dune now? You know? I mean obviously it's not a trilogy officially yet. Could be. But I know. I know. But like you know, that's another like like you said, it's the unfilmable movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I I I'm not sure if Denis Villeneuve has talked about it, but I, I can't imagine that that's not that's not kind of a, a small bit of um, momentum gained from that to, to make this seem more feasible. I think so, too. And, let, okay, let's tie this back into the conversation so we'll specifically talk about the movie. Um, but I, I did, I was struck, struck by this thought where it's like, um, thinking about Dune, thinking about Villeneuve's Dune, and how that's like such a quintessential modern day movie like yeah like it's super slick it's grand it's epic you know um it, it's it's I, I love the way that he tells the story but like I guess what I mean is um Villeneuve's Dune is like very much um a movie made with all of the like cinematic language of the 2020s and one of the things that we were laughing about as we were watching through this movie is Wow, this feels like a 2000s yeah. movie. Yeah. Can we speak to that mm, a little bit? Absolutely. Because like it Every was wonderful. They yes. sl- they went into slow motion for like some dramatic effect. You can tell they're just like slowing down the f- the frame rate of of the playback. <laughs> it's, yeah. Cuz yeah. it's like choppy slow motion. It's yeah. literally an iMovie or a movie maker effect. Like Yeah, some of it is. I mean, it, it's it's a, this slow motion. I mean, the funniest fucking thing ever was when um, you know Frodo gets stabbed, and then he's just like he just like making this like <laughs> like and it's just like his his face. He's just like grimacing, and it, it's like in slow it motion. It us. keeps coming back to it. Like it's over and over that again. That must have been what got cut out for the theatrical yeah. version. I hope so. Yes. And and then some of the fucking filters like are I literally. I was this up. I noticed it right. Yeah. I noticed it during the mirror scene and I realized like oh my god everyone's got a fucking Instagram filter on them right yeah, yeah yeah yes. yeah it's just that smooth uh-huh. like glow effect on everyone's faces yes yes and I I thought that right away because because I was like wow Elijah Wood looks so young and I was like like his face is like way too smooth and I, I it's just it's very strange like like we we've become the movie characters of the mid two thousands, yeah. You yeah. know, and and now the movies have moved away from that, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, it's. I was thinking throughout this movie, man. I don't think we could ever replace any of the acting in this movie, but I would legitimately be interested in seeing what a, what a modern take on the, visuals of this movie would look like. Mm, yeah. Um. Not to say there's any there's anything wrong with them. It's just that I could still see like when they're when they're just, just setting off mm-hmm. uh, at, from Rivendell, like they pass these ruins in a field, and I could I could make out those ruins were three D generated on the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was done it was done well yeah, for, for the time. It's, like if, it's, if I had not been looking at it too hard, mm-hmm. I would have completely missed sure. it. But I I have a little bit of training with three uh, D effects like that, so it it just I I. Thought I noticed it, and then I really noticed it. Yeah, it's certainly not the most egregious example of of you know early CGI uh, shoddiness. But yeah, it is there. It's 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 used in a way that's like that's passable. Yeah, no, it's it's, everything in this movie is absolutely passable. Yeah, except maybe the slow motion. Sure. Uh, (laughs) 
but like like when uh when, when Gandalf first enters uh Bilbo's house uh and they're showing off like Bilbo's smaller than Gandalf and then Bilbo walks in front of Gandalf to show it's not just forced perspective that's going on in here. It's like I could just make out the cutout around Bilbo from like rotoscoping or something. Yeah. Kind of like what you can see on like the the spaceships in the original trilogy. Like the, the stars will go out a little bit. I I I I I didn't catch that, but I understand what you mean. Like yeah. what you're describing and the effects. Yeah. Like I, I just caught it. It was very well done. If I had not been looking at it, because I knew there was some like I was trying to see past the force perspective, and it's like Bibble walks in front of Gandalf. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I think though is is interesting, and like I, I do want to kind of go back to um, like talking about the slow motion and and the effects that we see in this movie that like like are cheesy and and funny and endearing about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think one of the things that has made this trilogy um, also like st- ha- still feel like it has so much relevance and, and impact, it's made during a time, the early 2000s, right? I feel like it's made during a time, this is like um, uh, one of the last real opportunities to, and I, I really don't want to sound like a cynic about this. I don't want to sound like this can't be done anymore, that that this feeling can't be given to an audience. But I do think it's one of the last times when when the landscape allowed for it to be done in a way where where people weren't used to it is mm. like I feel like this movie, this can be nostalgia. But I'll stop preambling. But I feel like this movie is like full of what people mean when they say movie magic. Yeah, like the like it's like okay, like yeah, like in hindsight in 2023 we can point to all these all these things and be like, "Well, I know how this was made. I know how yep. they did this and how they accomplished it." But think about like what the the general understanding of like movie making was in 2001, you know, like people were not as familiar make. with green screen. People yeah. weren't as familiar, you know, like the techniques that were done to make this were new enough that this was not within like the the general understanding of the movie no. public. And right. when think, when this movie landed, it exploded. Like yeah. how did they make this? Yeah, you yes, know what I yeah. mean? And think about all the other movies that came out around it. You know, you had what superhero movies, you had action movies, everything what you know all those movies were utilizing the same effects. I don't know if superhero movies were even well, no, they, 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 they still were, were Spider Man and stuff. Oh, it's not the same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um and I mean, they they were still using green screen and and whatever three uh, D rendering or you know, but I mean, it was way more the most advanced egregious. Yeah, though. the most advanced like CGI at that point up to that point was the Phantom Menace. Yeah, and yeah. I I mean so. that looks like shit, right? That like there's a well, lot of parts that really looked bad. I there are the couple. Phantom Menace holds up pretty well to be honest. Yeah, because I'm not even a, I'm not talking about a lot of models. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, I mean, I I, I feel like Peter Jackson and crew intentionally um, use this maybe not so not not sparingly, but like subtly, like yes, like it, it seems like they were aware of its limitations yeah, and. Yeah. They they used it with a a, uh, a like a soft touch, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of the other movies that came out around it that were in similar genres did not do that, and and, and they look yeah I agree. and they look like super awful and yeah. dated and, and, and hilarious and like yes, there's moments here Spy and there. Kids. 
Spike, yeah, like <laughs> shit like that, yeah. They didn't care. They they were like, oh, we're gonna use this new technology. It looks it's so badass. Look, it's, there's a fake guy in the <laughs> in the scene. Like, yep. and so I mean, in comparison, I think it it comes out pretty good. Yeah. In in, in the arena, um, obviously comparing it to stuff today, comparing it to the Hobbit movies, I don't know. Like, I I mean I. I, I it's the Hobbit movies. I I did see some of those in theaters, and I think this movie looks better. Really? Because that's one of the the things that the, I think that they kind of uh, lose track of is it's like okay, like they're more closer to the modern day. They feel like they have a better yes. handle on this technology. I think that they, they get overzealous. Over, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think in turn it actually makes the movie look worse. Yeah, maybe so. There's GoPros in that river scene. So, so um, it's super obvious. But but at any rate too, um, I I did I did want to just touch on quickly too, like talking about the two thousand the two thousands feel and like oh yeah. Yeah, the slow mo you know it's like I I agree like yeah it looks choppy and I I don't know if this is just our perspective as you know okay we're talking about it let's just say it men of a certain age <laughs> you yes. know like you know older gentlemen uh huh. You know? Distinguished. Yeah. Distinguished blokes. <laughs> Late 20s to early 30-somethings. But, wow, do I not think for even one second that any of that looks bad. And I'm just I'm just loving every second of it. Because um, y- y- the way that I feel about it is like... I, I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with this idea that um, as we were watching through this movie... It, it does feel the way that it's made is it, it's from a from a very different school of filmmaking as we see in the modern day. Obviously, today, not to harp on it, but of course, it's dominated by Marvel and Disney, yep. and which still look like shit. Those movies still look like fucking crap. They in a different way, they, but they do. They can, and sometimes they do. Looking at you, Flash movie, which I haven't seen, but does look like dog shit. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. I got. I'll stop. It's, it's fine. Um, but but even more than that, like just the like the ideas of of ha- like how to construct your film. The one thing that like Marvel movies also get a lot of crap for is like having really like legitimate, genuine, heartfelt moments and then undercutting it with a joke. All the time. Yeah. We don't get that here. And one of the things that I really um, appreciated about watching it was that the sincere moments landed with full sincerity. And it didn't mean that there weren't jokes in this movie. No. There were plenty of times where I was like, that joke was fucking funny. That's what people don't get. I mean, we we don't need Boromir to, you know... After Frodo gets stabbed, you know, throw us with a, with, that happens. You know, like, we don't, or that was a thing. Like, we don't need, we don't need that. Um, Because it, I mean, it's, it doesn't break the fourth wall, but it's like, it's like a meta, like, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, you're talking like a guy from the fucking 21st century. Like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you supposed to be in Middle Earth? Like, Uh so that's, that's, I think the, like, obviously humor is great in movies, you can have a, a, a movie that's like sincere and dramatic, um, but also joyous and humorous, and you can do it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, right. Because to, to knock the door with the hobbit's head before they get attacked by a tentacle yeah. monster. Yeah, yes. yes, right. That was fun. And then I, I like that idea that that like 
maybe the reason that the humor lands better in this movie is because it feels like it's more naturally embedded in the world itself. Yep. There was one really good joke um, that is sticking out to me right now. When they first explain the Lemus bread, Legolas takes like one little baby bite and he's like, one small bite is enough to fill the stomach of a grown man. And then Mary looks to Pippin and he goes, how many pieces of Lemus did you eat? And Pippin goes, four. <laughs> and like... That's it so was, funny. It wasn't even like, like yeah. how many did you eat? It was like, and how many did you eat? Yeah. Four. Yes, yes. But like, Very it's, matter of fact. Like. It's so, right, it's such a good dual thing. Because yes. like one, like on one hand, of course, like yeah, it's a joke. Like it's funny that Pippin could eat four pieces of lemon bread. But like. And it plays into the, you the, think ho- about the, the Hobbit's Eat thing. Yes, yes. you think about the yes. world building. And they, yes. they did the same thing. It was like, do you think he knows about second breakfast? Yes. yes. What about 11Ds? It, it just perfectly, it's a perfect exactly. marriage. Exactly. Of like this is a real joke in the world. And it tells you a little bit yeah. more about the characters, yeah. and like none of it is like the camera or or, or the, the filmmakers office. looking at you yeah. and going like, "Man, isn't this fucking exactly. stupid? Yeah, we think it's stupid too." And it's they like, don't, you know, not everyone has to be like a sarcastic badass. Yeah, that you know just fucking makes witty remarks after every scene. So yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that was that 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 was it's it's refreshing to see movies like that, honestly, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if if the, if it was made today, if it would you know be be this. I mean, it depends on who was at the helm, obviously. It would. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't see that in Dune so much. No, no, you don't. Yeah. I mean, we 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 were very scared about that uh, initially because that first Dune trailer that came yeah, out with Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa or, yes, was, yeah, was doing yes. some some. I guess you we can call them like Whedonisms or yeah. or Marvelisms, yeah. whatever, and. Um, and we're like, oh fuck, they're gonna do quips. Yeah. And then, I mean, there was like one, but it it, it actually it did not feel unnatural, and it was not heavy-handed, in my opinion. Yeah. So. It, it it largely works. Yeah. Even yeah. even if it is done maybe for the sake of the trailer, sure, sure, sure. The movie is solid all yes. the way through. Yeah. Um. But but like but what we're talking about here with um fellowship, I think that all ties back into. Like, oh, isn't the slow motion, like, you know, fucking campy and silly? And it's like, yeah, it is. But, like, that's what I loved watching about this movie is, like, there are moments that it feels like the artistry in some ways or the techniques that they used are laid on so thick that, like, through the several layers of irony that we're trained to, like, look at things largely today... It's like, oh yeah, I can recognize that this looks cheesy. This looks yeah, crappy. Sure. But like I I really admire it feels like everyone's like full heart is is in it. Like especially when it looks bad. Like Yeah. That, I feel like the movie isn't afraid no. to look bad. They're committing to the bit. Everyone right. is committing one hundred percent. Cause they're like they're trying to like communicate like there there is a, a a very real sincerity to the filmmaking. Like you can tell that the people who worked on this love the story and the material and the characters. Yep. And they're trying to translate that through the filmmaking. And it's like does it always land? Well, you know, maybe or maybe not. Like, that's going to vary on who you are and what you prefer. But, like, what what I got out of it was, like, in those in those moments that, like, I think you could very easily look at with a, with a more cynical eye or a, a critical or ironic bent. Like, it's, it's, 
it's because there's heart in those scenes. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, I think that's absolutely right. And I mean, I don't know. This, I don't want this to be a fucking Marvel trash fest, you know. <laughs> but I think like a lot of the Josh, issues there. Last, what? I got one more beer. Get here. him that last brewski, buddy. He's gotta bring it on home. Um, I, I think that, like like a, that kind of goes hand in hand with with another problem that these Marvel movies have, which is like. We, we know that these are actors who, like, want to look cool and, like, who are kind of, like, being... They're, they're like, oh, that's, like, Iron Man, but it's actually Robert Downey Jr. Like, it's yeah. actually Jason Momoa's Aquaman, whatever. Like, like it's, it's like... I, I don't know. They, it's, like, their ego is, like, a, is like with is like in the movie, too, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's, it's a big part of them. Like, like, their status as a superstar is part of the movie. And here, it's, like, no, these are just characters within a story. And they are... That's who. That's who they're acting as. They're not acting as, you know, Elijah Wood or, right. um, what's his face, uh, um, Vigo Mortensen or Sean Bean or no 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 no, McKellen, um, no or, Orlando Bloom or that's Orlando was, Bloom. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's cool too is for the most part, it it feels like this was kind of made with a Star Wars feeling in mind because, and I could be wrong about this, but I think. In large part, um, the characters who comprise the core cast, uh, either mostly unknowns at the time, and were, like, launched into superstardom because of this movie. Like, we know all their names today, but, like, did anyone know who Elijah Wood was in 2001? Uh-huh. No, you absolutely fucking did not. Yeah. That's kind of like the Star Wars take, where it's like, okay, unknowns for everybody, and then, like, the, the older, established, wiser characters, you need an older, established, wiser actor. Yeah. And so you get Ian McKellen. And you get Christopher Lee because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like these are the motherfuckers who are going to carry this film, you know? Yep. Um, and Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee do exactly just that. Holy shit. How good is Saruman and Gandalf's performances? I fucking They're terrific. love it. It's also really funny watching them just kind of like throw, <laughs> like two old men <laughs> yes. throw each other. Yes. <laughs> that's that's yes. the Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi fight. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and they, honest, they commit. They commit to the bit. Yes. But before that, when he's looking, when he's like showing him the crystal ball or whatever, I'm just thinking, like, what if I told you there was a Sith Lord in charge? Of <laughs> I I was really um, like I, I mean I, I I know Ian McKellen is like an incredible actor. I've known, but like, and I mean I couldn't picture anybody else as Gandalf reading the books. Like, there's no way. Um, but just watching this movie, I was like, remind, I was like, wow, he's fucking incredible. Yeah, he is really incredible. And I said it while we were watching, like every now and then, you just see Gandalf, and he's just the quintessential wizard on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way the robe is, or like the hat, it's, it's impeccable. Yeah, and the 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 way I mean, he's kind of like from the classic school of acting, I guess. Like, yeah, where where he he like says so much, but it's just his facial expressions. And he does it so fucking masterfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, I mean, you know, he, he, he can shoot daggers at, at whoever he looks at. And, 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 and you, you can feel it, yeah. Mary. Yeah, yeah, usually. Um, uh, yeah, that was like, that was then, great eye. And then when Frodo said he would take the ring. Yes. Yeah. 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 It feels like he knew it was coming and he didn't. He didn't want it. Exactly. Actually, it kind of leads me, there's, oh, I, I did happen to take a couple notes down. There's a couple things I, I did want to make sure that I mentioned. One of them had to do, um, 
a lot of them, a few of them, had to do with the changes that I noticed. And Josh, you and I were talking just prior to recording, saying how faithful um, we felt that this movie ended up being to the book. Especially now we've read the book and actually know what the book says. Yes. And I mean, yeah, they cut out Tom Bombadil and all that stuff directly surrounding him. I think they added one character in. That's unforgivable. I mean, other. I I'm still. I don't think that's okay. I don't think <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I can't. I can. I mean, like maybe it's one of those, you know, like language influencing thought. You can only say what you know the words for, or whatever. But like, I can't imagine this film with Tom Bombadil in it. Right. I I, I cannot imagine actually this, the story that this movie tells with Tom Bombadil yeah, being a part. I of think it. that's that's fair. Um, I also think that it makes sense to me. Actually, I think I might have figured it out. I don't know if they could film in Tom Bombadil's world. Like, you know, you can't remove Tom Bombadil from the world. Like, I don't know if Peter Jackson could get into that realm. I like you know? this theory. Maybe they tried. They tried to film, but as soon as they left, the, the film the just, fi- just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. I like that theory. Because, I, I mean, I, I think Tom Bombadil is like a character he can't escape from the book. Like, he's yeah. that part of the book, and then that's his realm. That's, yeah. like, the entrance to his realm. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay with it now. Yeah, yeah. I really like that theory, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I want to say was like, okay, so, and I do want to talk more about this about how the movie is like such mm-hmm. a faithful adaptation of the of the book because that wasn't really my understanding of it before having read the book, and now this is my first time watching the movie after having read the book. But there is a, a really interesting difference, um, a change that is made here. When uh, the in the movie they're called the Fellowship, which is strange because in the book, famously known as the Company, mm. um, but in the in the film they're referred to as the Fellowship a lot. Um, so as the Fellowship is trying to scale the mountain, Caradas. Yep. Um, okay, so one in the book. Remember, they had to turn around because of the horrible weather, and like we kind of had this discussion at the end of the chapter, like, oh, yeah. is it the forces of Saruman? Is it just nature? Yeah. What what happened? And then like in the film, I like that they take a stance there, and they're like, no, it's Saruman. Legolas can literally hear Saruman chanting like on the wind. Sure. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> yeah. And then you sh- they casting sh- the spell. Straight up show him. Yes. Storm the storm at them, effectively. <clears throat> but but even that, I'm getting off track. Even that yep. is not what I wanted to reference. I think I know what you want to reference. You probably do, Josh, because it's exactly this. So in the book, Gandalf is the one who's pushing to go into the mines of Moria. After they lose, they, they have to turn around. And it's even it's between him and and, and Aragorn. It is, but I, yeah. I, isn't it even implied that Gandalf is trying to tell Aragorn to go into Moria even before they get to the mountain? Yes, yeah. Gandalf's yes. like, yeah, don't right. even try to scale yep. the mountain. Yep. we have to go to the mines. Yep. In the book, or sorry, in the movie, it's flipped. Gandalf is the character who is absolutely adamant about avoiding the mines mm. at all costs. Yep. It is the very last thing that he wants to do. And it's fucked up. He put it all in Frodo. It's kind of fucked up. Frodo's the one who makes the choice to go. Yes, but I also like that change because... So Gandalf is like, okay, you know, we'll let the ring bear it aside. And Frodo says, we'll do it. And then Gandalf says, 
so be it. Mm -hmm. And it's like Frodo unwittingly signs Gandalf's death warrant. Yeah, yeah. And it's like such a good setup to them going, like, knowing what's going to happen. It's such a good change to how and why they go into the mines. You're absolutely right. To have the character who is, like, tragically killed yeah. because of their being there yeah. is the one who at all costs wants to avoid it. Yeah. And is made to march to their fucking death. <laughs> that like, makes a lot of gallows. sense. And, and I'm thinking in my head now, it's like, it that that is such a great payoff or such a great build-up to the payoff in my head, which is after Gandalf falls, after yeah. Gandalf's fall um, and presumed death, you know, he, uh, th- th- there's that great scene where everyone's looking, you know, super downtrodden and upset. Yep. And, um, Elijah Wood as Frodo, you know, has, th- there's this great shot where he turns around and he's just got like the most hurt face, um, the, the most hurt look on his face. And, and yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean that. Now it's his fault. Now it's his fault. That makes it, I mean, it, and it, 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 it amplifies the, the it amplifies it. Exactly. So cause, cause it's, I mean, you know, he can feel some guilt for being the ring bearer and being the reason that they're there or whatever. Um, regardless, but this kind of makes it his actual decision. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that does change a lot. So that, that I, I, I like that too. Yeah. So it's just such a, a, a cool twist where it's like none of the events change. They obviously have to go into the mines. Gandalf has to be killed by the Balrog yeah. and so on and so forth. But the yeah. reasons for why those things happen are, are, um, you know, adapted differently yeah. here for the yeah. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like those changes, the, you know, those have like strong impacts on how we feel about the characters. And um I just felt like it was a very smart decision by Peter Jackson, the team, the filmmakers. Um, yeah, no, I think you're cuz it, it just works on. so well as a movie. I yeah. I really appreciated that change. You're right. Josh is exactly right like talking about how Ian McKellen can like um, you know, act so strongly with just his facial features, like that moment, like it feels like that's the moment where Gandalf knows he's already dead. Yeah. He goes, so be it. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's just yeah. aware. He's yeah. like, well, whatever. He he knows the uh the trials that he'll face and he knows that he's the only one that can face them yeah. in the in the party. Um and that so going you know, keeping on on the changes and going back to Saruman. Um, I, so I'm not sure if I'm like way off, if I have my memory is all fucked up. I, you know, it's been, it's been a really crazy two months for me. I don't know if I yes, remember, man. remember the, the, the book, you know, very super well, but, um, did he, he like in, in the book, he's not like, let's join Sauron, right? He's like, let's utilize the power for ourselves. He does. Let's be the ones that, that, that take this power and, and use it for ourselves because someone's going to do it. You're right. But yep. he, here he's like, no, let's join the, the evil motherfucker. You're right. And yep. he has like legions of baddies. Mm-hmm. D- it d- he didn't have that in the book, right? No. He doesn't have the army of, of orcs or No, whatever. he's not yeah. like making orcs. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet at least. Okay, I and, thought so. Right. Yeah. For, from what we've read in the fellowship, yeah, like that's added into here. Yeah. So I, I, um, you know, I don't know how, I, how I feel about that going into the, the rest of the series. Maybe I'll feel differently if it's incorporated or something. But, um, but yeah, I that that kind of felt weird to me. Yeah, I don't know how that. I don't know if it was much of a change, honestly. I mean, 
yes, it's a change. It's a big one. But, like, the actual wording, I don't think changed that much. Because mm. I think... Just subtle change. Just, just yeah, a few just, words it, here. Yeah, yeah like, it's more of a subtle change to, to... Away from... I think the book was more along the lines of... Let's let's work with him until we get the power for ourselves, and then sure, we'll sure. betray him, kind of stuff. Yeah. And this is more of just just blatantly. Let's join him. Yeah, it. You have to, We have to join him. Right. So the the meaning is different, but I think the wording is only a subtle difference. Yeah, I think Saruman's even a little more fatalistic than that, though. It's it's not even just like let's join him. He seems to in the movie. It's more like oh well, it's just futile to oppose yes. him. Yes. Actually, in the book, wasn't it more of like. We can use his power, just like we we like we can siphon it off from him, or something like that. Well, I Maybe. I I feel like there was that was an angle, um, and but I, I think it was specifically with the rings, right? It, yeah, it, right. It was he wanted all the rings so he could so he could do that. So he yeah. could essentially become um, right Sauron, you know. And I remember like reading that chapter and talking about this with you. This is one of the times where my memory. I, I kind of want to talk about this too, where like my memory of the film in a lot of cases actually was not correct. Mm. Like watching this movie, I was like, oh, you know, some of the things that I brought up as differences between the film and the book were not differences after all. Yeah. But one of the things that I was correct about being different was Saruman's uh, reasonings. And in the movie here, it does feel like Saruman is kind of played up as like a high level henchman of Sauron. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know... Which is why I always got the two confused. Right. But in the book, Saruman is himself another player on the board. individual actor, yeah. Right. He's like, oh, let's, let's, right, obtain the power for ourselves. Yes. Which, you know, I think is a more interesting bent than just being, like, another I think so, too. Yeah. It, it, Mm -hmm. it makes it so that there's, there's more than one threat, you know? And, uh, I mean, his... His relationship with Gandalf is still very interesting, but but it's, I feel like it's more interesting when he's not just the bad guy, but still, but kind of more of a, not an anti-hero, but like a fallen angel kind of. Yeah, he sort which, of is. Which, right? which, which which still, I mean, that that still exists in the movie, obviously, but it's, you know, it, it's it's kind of like well, he's not joining the bad guys, but he's like, start he's like you know starting the third way, you know, yes. he's like. He's the Grey Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it kind of is that. Um, I think there's a lot of places we could jump around to, and I, I really like the discussions that we've had, but um, refocusing on, like, the movie itself, how do you feel about, um, like, the rest of the main characters? Like, in, like how, how do you feel about the cast that was chosen mm. to portray them the the actors and actresses that were were chosen to fit these characters were there moments where you felt like oh wow like this was the the perfect person to like play this role or like oh that's not how i i mm. uh pictured this character yeah. how do you feel about like seeing the characters that you've been reading about for these past months put onto the screen by these specific actors and actresses yeah that's a great question i mean i you know being somebody who has never really watched the movies before but as very familiar with with you know the actors from the movie and what what characters they play just by uh, you know being within this culture um i i think mostly it was spot on it was it, it was really well done you know the the only couple uh 
issues that and they're not even really issues they're just like like okay it's that's a little bit different than i picture obviously aragorn strider is not mike from breaking bad you know yeah. he's not he's he's a very handsome man yeah and <laughs> i mean he's not dirty enough no he, he's not dirty enough he's a fucking hottie like yeah, yeah okay yeah he's wearing some like disheveled clothing but he's a fucking he is a fucking stud yeah, yeah you said that when they were they were they first met him yes like how do we know he's he's a friend of Gandalf? And for us, like a, a agent of the enemy would uh, be more fair, but feel more foul. Yeah, and you're like more fair. He's a stud. yes, yeah. he is. Yeah. He, he's a fucking stud. He, he he you know he's a model. Um, and so I mean, it's interesting to me because like he 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 feels right. He feels right to be Aragorn, but not right as Strider. Mm. It, it, like is that weird? Like. You know no. they're obviously the same guy, but but he you know you you grow to know him throughout the book, and he becomes a different character, or, or rather like a more well-rounded character, and so you only see like one part of him in the beginning, and then by the end it's like you see all of him. Yeah. Um, but so so I don't know I I that kind of threw me for a loop, but I, I still think he was good, and then I mean, Boromir, we got to talk about Boromir. <laughs> You were heckling him. You were fucking <laughs> shitting on Boromir the whole movie. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I couldn't... I, I mean, yeah, he's a fucking asshole in the book, but we were kind of talking about, like, you know, every group needs the heel, you know? We all need the asshole, someone who's going to be a little bit of a shit stirrer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, In the movie, he's just a fucking dick. Yeah. He, he really is. He hilts. He, he's uh, a dick. Yeah. Oh, that's a change that happened that... They, they talk about fixing the sword, but they never do it in this movie. Oh, well, yeah. Well, actually, so here's what they do do it, but they don't show it. When Aragorn is fighting the Orokai who killed Boromir in the end, mm -hmm. and he stabs him with the sword of Elendil. He has the sword repaired. Oh, I didn't notice. But they don't give you a scene of them repairing the sword. But I distinctly remember that scene happening at some point in this trilogy. So I wonder... I really... I mean, I really do think if you were to go back, I, I believe that that's the repaired sword he's using, but... I believe you. Yeah. My favorite Boromir scene is when, when he picks up the sword and... He, he picks up a very clearly sharp, jagged, broken sword that you can see. It's like, it's very sharp. He cuts himself with it. He's like, still, still sharp. sharp. And then he drops it on yeah, the floor. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, he's looking for attention, I think. I mean, and it's just like, you know, and this is actually a testament to the actor. I don't know who yeah. the fuck this guy is. Sean Bean. Sean Bean, okay. Yeah, very famous Mr. actor, by the Mr. way. Mr. Bean, sorry. Mr. Bean. a lot Bean. of stuff. Yes, I know he has other, you know, the, the Mr. Bean <clears throat> series is very popular. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you. But, uh, but, yeah, like, fuck, everything he does, I feel like he is doing it to, like, show off or to, like, like... He's just like one of those assholes who's like he, he's trying to be like oh buddy buddy fun guy whatever but you know subtly twisting people's arms to get what he wants and uh, and they they really fucking cranked that level up for the movie like mm -hmm. they they really made him a a total fucking dick to the point to the point where like yeah at the end you know when when um, Aragorn is like you know after he's like redeemed himself in the battle at the at the end like. Aragorn's like telling him how great he was, like he's worthy and stuff, and it's like he don't he didn't earn any of that. Yeah, Connor, you were literally like as Boromir's dying, 
You're like, oh, am I supposed to feel sorry for him? <laughs> yeah, like, you guys oh, am I supposed to feel... Like, you can't even let him die in peace. <laughs> me and Josh are just watching the movie. He You're like, oh, am I supposed to feel sad? Would, would he let me die in peace? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. It's, you know, it's funny because I, you know, when you take a book and you guys turn it into a movie, like, there are certain things I think you have to, like, crank up. Yeah. And, you know, to, to Hollywoodize things. And as as we were... As we were reading the book, there are a lot of times, like, I would get on Boromir's case because he would always be like, oh, well, you know, in Gondor, we do it this way, you know, like, oh, well, the men of Gondor would or would not do this, or, oh, that's how you guys do it here? Well, in Gondor, we do it this way. In the movie, Boromir doesn't really get those lines, but I think they try to bring that aspect of his character to the forefront through these these other means, these yep. different scenes. Like, I really like what Josh said about picking up and dropping the sword. Mm-hmm. That's such a good moment. It shows, like, his his lack of respect yes. for the, quote-unquote, king of Gondor. You know, he says Gondor needs no king, yes. you know? And yes. that he kind of has this contempt um, for Aragorn and, and like, you know, like, oh, he, he feels like he has this title without any of the, um, like, work or effort to back it up. So he's very skeptical of that. We we see that, like, portrayed really well Absolutely. through that scene. Absolutely. And so, like, he doesn't get those lines to say like he does in the book. And they're like, okay, but we have to give him other things to show that that's his character. Yeah, no, you're and right. I, and I, I do think they over-exaggerate it. But it's like because they have to fit it it's, in that three-hour runtime. Yeah, it's not even a criticism of the movie or of like I don't even think it. I, I I think it works. You know, it's it's just funny to me. It's like it's just funny how much of a fucking douchebag he is. Yeah, I know. You know, like and the only thing that really doesn't work is like the redemption at the end. I think like yeah. it's that like I think I think maybe they could have made him a, like a tiny bit more sympathetic for me to buy that. You know what I I. I do, I get what you mean. You know what scene I think they really sell with Boromir? Is, um, when he tries to take the ring from Frodo towards the end. And then, you know, Frodo disappears, he's already gone. And then, like, Boromir is just, like, furious for a moment. And then, like, it doesn't even matter, like, how livid he is. Because no one else is even there. Yeah. And then, like, he's just, like, overcome with shame and guilt. And I think uh, the actor, again, Sean Bean, um, shout out. Mr. Bean. um, Does a great job of, like, immediately shifting into, like, just complete, pathetic, fucking, like, pity. Breakdown. Yeah, a breakdown. Like, he's he's just in shambles, you know? Like, he... And like it's it's not it's not even sad necessarily to like look at him in that moment. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's not that I feel sad for him. It's that I, the observer, feel sad looking yes. at him. Yes. Like he yes. just yeah. looks Pitiful. fucking pathetic. Yeah. yeah. And he does a great job selling being that pathetic piece of shit. Yeah. In that moment, he's he. I mean. I, I think he does a great job playing that role. I think I think the acting is awesome. He's I you know he he sells the part 110. percent Since we're talking about Boromir, let's talk about 
probably the biggest change from the book to the movie. Boromir dies. Yes, yes. Okay. That was like something that I was like, did that happen or did that not happen? Did I just not care? Like, he what? is like, still alive yeah, at yeah. the end of Fellowship of the yeah. Ring. They are not yeah. attacked by orcs at mm-hmm. on the riverbank after, yeah, they, after they, Boromir yeah, attacks Frodo. They just jet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I thought. And um, I don't, like, I mean, obviously you guys know what happens in the next two books, more or less. More, well, I, uh, and, and not not to cut you off, but yeah, like the idea is less. Like uh, Josh and I, major plot points. But yeah, it's not like we know the details. Mm. Josh and I, I think we're kind of like communicating with each other at the having finished reading the Fellowship. We were very much both like, oh, there's like this one thing that happens in the movie that doesn't happen in the book. Like we kind of talked about that. It was Boromir dying, right? Yeah, and okay. we both know we we're talking about yeah. Boromir dying. Yep. So, like, the thing the thing that I'm left with is, like, I don't know how Boromir really dies in the book. I, I I'm assuming he fucking dies. I imagine it's going to be the, almost exactly the same thing. Just, right. Just, like, timeline slightly shifted. Yeah. But but we do, I mean, Josh and we'll I find, do not know yeah, what we'll, happens we'll in the book and yeah, how. Yeah, okay. We'll probably find out next time. So, yeah. I'm kind of wondering, um... How did you feel about this change? Were you surprised by Boromir dying? Yes. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? R- I mean, right away. I mean, my my first instinct was to like. I, I was like, "What did that happen in the book?" Like, I just, I, I, I was unsure of it. I was like, I was like, okay. Um, but it, it, yeah, it did instantly strike me as like, okay, they're they're kind of giving him a hero's death in the movie, you Definitely. know? Um, like this is it's obviously that's a very cinematic thing to do. <laughs> Um, you know, really punch the air and and moment like, oh, you know, he finally accepts Aragorn as as king, and and they they kind of it comes full circle, you know, and 100%. he 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 doesn't die a heel or villain, he's redeemed, whatever. Um, and yeah, that I I knew that didn't happen in the book, you know, obviously, but um, yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, but then but then I you you know because. Once the all the orcs rushed in, I was like, okay, so this this is like, my assumption was that they're taking bits from the next book, and like, pulling them up a little bit, to for the climax of the first movie. Kind of, I mean, not dissimilar to what they did, and you know, I mean, just like the the hint of the ring at the end of the Hobbit, uh, mm-hmm. like cartoon, you know, like, I so I I. I was kind of thinking like, okay, maybe this is like a little bit of a spoiler for me, yeah. um, but it was a, it was a it was a shock, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, that, speaking of the Hobbit, real quick, it reminds me of the opening scenes where we're seeing uh, Gollum and Bilbo with the ring. It makes me wonder if we, when we do eventually watch the Peter Jackson Hobbit films, I want to watch to make to see if they recreate those scenes shot for shot of him <laughs> picking up the ring. Because I, I feel like they did do that. Um, it's weird seeing Bilbo in uh, the flashback and not be um, Watson. Mark yeah. Freeman? Yeah. I, I actually did... You mean did... Arthur Dent. Arthur Dent, sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I did have a moment 
like watching the the opening there and thinking like, man, if George Lucas made this, <laughs> he would have already digitally yeah. reinserted that motherfucker into the movie yeah. here, and yeah. you wouldn't be allowed to watch yeah. it any other way. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of um Bilbo, and I I think this was very um subtly hinted at in the book is when when they meet up with him in Rivendell. Like his age catches up to him, you know. Like yeah, and yeah. It, he. I mean, I, I noticed that. I, yeah, I brought. But it up. he says it too. He yeah. says it talking to Frodo. My age has finally caught up to me, and yeah. and, then, and, and then like Josh brought up, like you can clearly see the makeup. He 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 looks uh, a good bit older than he did. Yeah. In, um, well, when I asked, it was right after he he like tried to lunge for the ring. Yeah, and I was asking more in the lines of. Did he just age up more? Maybe like so. More in that moment. Maybe so, but but it it was already. Pre- I mean, you can see his his hair was whiter. He has more wrinkles yep. um, from the moment we catch up with him, because um, because he he says that to Frodo, my age is finally caught up to me. Uh, like right when they meet, you yep. know, um, again, and uh, and it, I, I feel like that's something that they that I I think was very you know handled very subtly in the book that they uh, amplified in the movie. Yeah, that scene, <clears throat> that's another great scene where, um, I think just like how what I'm trying to describe with Boromir, like, being overcome by the desire for the ring, and then just being left with, like, shame. Yes. <clears throat> uh, perfectly portrayed in this movie with Bilbo as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, jump scare moment where, like, he becomes this fucking ghoul creature yeah. to, like, reach out and grab the ring, and then, like, yep. <clears throat> which to Tolkien's credit, is described really well in the book. Like, it says that, like, a shadow passes over him, like, it's yeah. not even Bilbo anymore. Like, uh, a lot of that language is used. Yes. But the way that um, Peter Jackson and the team uh, translates that moment uh, onto something that you can watch, like, uh, you know, phys- onto the screen, um, is is done so well. I, I really um, felt myself struck by, um, I, like, I, I guess pity, like, in, in a way that I, I didn't, I know that I was just saying that I felt this for Boromir, but it does feel stronger for Bilbo because something about having, like, an old man just, like, crushed by, like, Absolutely. the weight of their own mistakes is, yeah. like, and very, he's a likable character, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. exactly. And so, um, to see that, you know, uh, I, I, I think was, like, a, a tough but, like, very well-executed scene. Couldn't agree so. more, and I, I feel like... I, I think that, I feel like it was, not, I mean, obviously that scene does happen in the book and it, it happens, it's, it's very well, but I feel like it's, it's played off for laughs more at the end. Like, like they kind of like get over it faster than, like, than in the movie. Yeah. He, he, they, 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 they linger on that, or like that, that, uh, shame yeah. longer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the book tries to move on and like, there's more conversation between them after that. So yes, I think yes, that's right. why they yes. had more levity after that. You're right. You know what I like about it too, um, and like a lot of times this happens on a necessity of taking a book uh, and and turning it into a movie. You have to kind of combine moments. You need to streamline it a little bit better. I like that they take that moment and um, connect it to the moment where Bilbo is giving Frodo Sting and the Mithril armor. Yep. Whereas in the book, that's... Those are 
That's when Frodo meets Bilbo in the, like... Garden or whatever? Uh, it's like the hall. There's oh, like this oh, yeah, hall yeah, 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 yeah. Where, like, everyone has, like, the feast party or whatever, and, and they're kind of having their own conversation, like, mm. together in the corner there. Yep. I think that's when that moment happens in the book. Whereas here, like, it, it happens as a natural consequence of Frodo taking off his shirt to put on the mithril armor. And it's like, wow, like, that's really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't happen in the book. Yeah. But yeah. they they take those two things and they connect it together. So not only does it save time, but it just feels like it makes both the moments a little more meaningful. Definitely. They're not separate occasions. They're two things of the same moment. Yes. So it, it has more impact, I think, yeah. both ways, too. I mean, they just didn't have the luxury to, to stay in one place for too long in the movie. I mean, it's a long-ass movie, but it's like... They stayed uh, for, for a long ass time in Rivendale and in uh, what's it called the Fairyland Fairyland right Lothlorien like yeah. like, like, like right. that was you don't get like two months there no exactly yeah, no yeah, you don't yeah. yeah so that was for sure um, I mean as as far as we can tell this movie the the first half of the movie takes place in about a month mm. because it starts with Bilbo's birthday in September and then we wake up with Gandalf saying it's October twenty fourth yeah there's no implication that it's been. Uh, like 17 years or yeah. however long it actually yeah. is. No, yeah, you're absolutely and, right. And I mean, obviously, like, I think that's a smart idea for, like, that. He, that's yeah. out of necessity. They're not going to oh, yeah. be able to... Yeah. Um, Age people up. Yeah, or, or just let it drag on in, in a way that feels natural to the cinema. But uh, the uh, uh, Gandalf announcing what date is, you don't really hear Frodo say anything because it, it, there's still, like, it's still like transitioning the scenes, and I think you're supposed to you're supposed to hear Frodo saying like "Where am I?" Mm. But it's just like it just it's still fading in. So all you hear is Gandalf just in the middle of going. It's October twenty fourth, <laughs> ten a.m. You're in Rivendell. Yeah, that's one of the things that like that I was surprised about how accurately it fit the book. Like, okay. So the beginning of the of the book itself, where um, uh, you know Gandalf suspects that Frodo has the ring, and then he's like, "Okay, I gotta go check on some stuff," and then like he leaves for nineteen years or however long it is. It's a nine years. It's a long time. Years. Yes. Years. years. We um, see, and we see him on his adventure. And- right. Like. My, my memory of the movie was that um, this was not translated to the viewer in the film. That, like, when Bilbo comes back to his his house at Bag End, that very night, they throw it into the fire, they figure it all out, okay, it's all sorted, that night, let's go. But my memory of that was completely incorrect. That's not what happens. So, um, talking about how this movie, uh, like, really is a, a, a strong and faithful adaption of the book. This was a really good, um, like, showcase for that. And I was, as I was watching it, I was like, wow, like, this is all here. Even, like, Gandalf being um, held prisoner by Saruman, but then, like, he's rescued by the eagle. We even get a mm. scene of him riding out on the eagle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. all these very specific things that I didn't remember happening in the movie. Well, it turns out they did, you know? 
It was my memory of it that was flawed, and for the most part, like it's pretty much all there. Yeah, that was surprising to me. As I, a I viewer. think you know it. Yeah. It's, it's why it's so faithful. There's a lot yeah. that weren't they, like they they aren't pivotal scenes, so it's easy to not like remember them because they're kind of like transitory scenes a lot of the time, and and you're like, oh yeah, that actually is in there. Definitely. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Another thing that I think was a change in the beginning is in the movie. Um, Frodo doesn't know that. Or what hasn't been told officially that Bilbo is leaving in the movie. You're right. He, yeah. he's, he's a spexit. Yeah, you're right. But um, in the book, he he, he he knows, and he's like sitting there waiting for the shit he's to go down. For it. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so right. I thought that was an interesting change. Um, yeah, he's surprised like everyone knows. Yeah, oh, exactly. The one, the one change that really like got us all to laugh is when they're in the Mines of Moria, and Bilbo... Uh, I keep wanting to say Bilbo. Frodo looks back, and you see Gollum, like, scurrying below them. Yeah. And it's like, I, and I just say, like, well, that's fucking obvious. Mm-hmm. Because he's on screen for a good, like, two or three yeah, seconds. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. But then Frodo goes to talk to Gandalf, and he's like, I think there's something down there. Yeah. And Gandalf's like, oh, it's it's, it's Gollum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just lays it all out there. It's Gollum. Yeah. And it's so fucking funny, because, like, in the book, that's, like, chapters of suspense. Like, there's, yeah. like... There's like, oh, there's some, there's a creepy crawly yeah. look at like, oh, I turned around and I think there's something following us. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's I mean. Like two it's, eyes that are staring back yeah. for a half second. And, and like you it's suspect gone. it's gone. Or, but... it's like, or like the elf will say something, I thought we saw something. I, if it didn't, if it hadn't scurried up a tree, we would have thought it was one of you hobbits. Yeah, and, and, and it happens way before it does in the book. It happens. Oh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. still in Moria. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In the book, it happens literally like the second to last chapter, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. When it's Aragorn, he's like, oh, yeah, Gollum? I know. <laughs> And and then, I mean, I think that's cool. Obviously, it's a very funny scene. And I'm happy that it, that it's there. Um, but I think they they they, they have these like kind of creepy, weird close-ups on Gollum later on. That it's very yeah. shadowy. Yeah, shadowy. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think I I like those. I think that that was a cool inclusion that maybe wouldn't have been there if it was if if it was teased out the same way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, I feel like too, um, like as we were reading through the book. Well before we got to the Aragorn going, oh, like, oh, you mean Gollum? Yeah. Like, we've been talking about it leading up to yes. it, and it's like, yeah, it's Gollum, yeah. right? Like, it is yeah. Gollum, and I kind of felt like maybe this is sort of a recognition that's like, okay, we're adapting this book for a 2001, yes. you know, audience, yeah. but, like, even then, it's like, does everyone kind of, like, are we all everyone on the same knows. page? Yeah. Like, do we yeah. all know it's Gollum? Mm. Yeah. You know, and it, it's a very conscious decision to be like, well, the... The the drawn out suspense and the build up is not worth the payoff. No, because the audience is going to already guess they're, or understand. They're going it's to Gollum. guess. Yes, they're 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 going to guess. Yeah. And then there's other there's more important things that you could, that you can use the audience's emotional, um, you know, inventory on. Like yeah, you, you know, sure. there's other things to build suspense about for sure. Um, that that are more effective. Yeah. So and later on the river, you were saying like, I wonder if they'll show Gollum. Like on this log and stuff, and it's like, oh, well, wait and see. And then, like, 30 seconds yeah, later, I know. they show it. Right, right, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, for the most part, like, every moment you could think of in the fellowship, it's basically there. Very little is cut out. Yeah. Um, it's almost all there. Some things are changed or tweaked about how the characters get there. But yep. the moments themselves are largely intact. Yeah. And and that is very impressive to see how it plays out on screen. It's very, yeah, and I, I, I think that just 
contributes to how it's such a faithful recreation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. On the screen. Um, we we are going to. I I know it's like it feels like there's a million things to talk about, but there's a couple small things I would we, I'd like to bring up before we. Wrap yeah, up. yeah, no, no, and I'm not saying that we're stopping exactly here, but we are going to try and wrap up shortly. So. What yep. we do want to talk about, we should tr- do our best to get to it. So, Josh, what is it that you'd like to focus on here? So, just a couple of small details that I wanted to bring up while we were watching the film, but either the moment wasn't right, I couldn't really interject or anything like that. But uh, first off, the Bridge of Khazad Doom, mm-hmm. I had originally remember that being wider and just being a bigger bridge than it, it appears on screen, but watching it tonight... It actually looks... It, it reminded me more of the bridge from The Last Crusade that from the Leap of Faith test. Yeah. Um, although, obviously, it's not blending in with everything around it, but it's just like, huh, it's a very narrow, it's like square stone bridge. Um, let's see, what else was there? Real quick before you go to the next thing, can yeah. I just quickly about the Bridge of Casa Doom and, and Gandalf's Fall and everything there? Oh, yeah. Because when we were reading through the book... That was like a really big thing. You and I were talking about it and oh, saying yeah. like, wow, like this moment doesn't feel like movie. it stacks up against the movie. But that's another thing. Watching the movie, I was like, wait a minute. Almost every piece of Gandalf's dialogue is here. In fact, he initially says you cannot pass. You're right. Before he says you shall not pass, he says you cannot pass. He has the whole speech about like being the flame of whatever the fuck, the like hidden flame or something like that. He says the whole fucking thing, his whole speech from the book, like word for word. Yep. The only thing that's really changed is instead of saying you cannot pass again, he says you shall not pass. Which you know, obviously, like what a fucking genius. That's a better line. Yeah. Yes. But um, but I was struck by how much is actually intact because when we read the chapter a lot of what our discussion was about was wow peter jackson really did a lot of work to update this and like bring it into the the 21st century and and to like make it feel modern and epic in a way that the book doesn't and while i think that's true i think the other thing that's kind of amazing to recognize is how much of the book chapter is actually present in the scene when he does that like he, he doesn't wipe the slate clean he takes all the same words and he like I don't know and and, and he, and he makes it. it feel more impactful he, yeah. he gives it mm. more meaning yeah but, but the dialogue itself doesn't necessarily change yeah I mean I think we were talking like when we were reading it we all read it as like more of a meek like Gandalf talking to the to the army in front of him. Yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it's very, very powerful in the movie. Mm. It comes off as very, very powerful. Oh, okay, and last thing. Last thing about the ball rocking that hole. Because the other thing that I mentioned at the time was that I felt like there was this difference in the book and the movie. In the book, the, the Balrog is kind of like summoned as this like soldier in Sauron's army and everyone else flees. And I was like, uh, that's not how it happens in the movie, actually. And then rewatching the movie, it's like, I'm fucking wrong about that. Mm-hmm. that. That's what I'm trying to say here. My memory of the movie, as I was talking about it, reading through the book... Is flawed. Yes, very flawed. Because re-watching it now, this is shown to be very, very much like what we read and what was described yeah. in the book. Yeah. 
the the Balrog is like basically summoned, like it's another, uh, you know, like a, a high ranking general or something. Here, you know, all the little soldiers run away, and yep. then like the Balrog shows up. But the Balrog is not just like this this force of nature that just is coincidentally dwelling down in the minds of Moria. Like it, it sort of is that, but it, it is also kind of like. Um, drummed up as part of like Sauron's legion and and is sort of unleashed on them like as a, a force of Sauron's army mm. and that's that's shown in the book and the movie and I, I just didn't think that that was true and it, and it turns out it is so since you brought it up I just wanted to mention that alright uh, other thing I want to bring up is pronunciations um, fucking Gloin yeah are you well, kidding here, me here's the thing, here's the thing. they were they, the way they were pronouncing a lot of the names, it sounded like the, I heard more like rolled R's and stuff when they started. Dwarves. Yes, yeah. the dwarves are are Scots. Well, not just them. Like whenever someone would say Mordor or Isildur, yeah. um, you heard a lot more like rolled R's and stuff like that. You could hear more of an accent come out on on names. Um, and then when it it came to Gloin, it, to me, it sounded like it was halfway between Gloin and Glowin. Yeah. Yeah. The way they, yeah, the you're right. That's that's a good point. You're right. It could. Which I mean, it was said might. fast enough that it. It's, yeah. Yeah. But when when they first announced uh, Gimli, son of Gloin, uh, I think we all went like, "It is Gloin." Yeah. Like we all we all caught that it sounded yeah. like Gloin, even though we'd been we'd force ourselves into Glowin during. Yeah, the, we're just like we we through. cannot we cannot say it um, like this. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that stood out to me was. Uh, Celeborn, as we were calling him, uh, in, the the king of Lothlorien. Yeah, uh, I think they call him Celeborn, with a with a hard C. Oh yeah, I, you know I didn't catch that, but yeah, you might be right about that, Celeborn. Yeah. Um, and then also, I, th- there's been a lot of uh, debate about that with Killian and Cillian Murphy for uh, the the Oppenheimer release. I don't know if you've really that. yes, yeah. Well, I mean, can you just like say to somebody like tell somebody how to pronounce his name? Well, it it isn't Cillian Murphy. It's Killian. It's right. It's not Ki- Cillian Murphy, because all the Americans are freaked out by that. Because so. Killian is a name and Cillian is not a name. Okay, but the thing is, is that when I. I, I think Americans specifically are conditioned to pronounce the, I know. the first C yes. as a S instead of a K, you know. I mean, especially, if, especially if it starts with an, it, it's a C-I. If it's a C-I, obviously, right. with a, if it's C-O, right. for example, you're, I mean, no one's going to call a sonner. No. Okay, you're right, you're right. There, there's <laughs> there's going to be there's gonna be exceptions to every yeah. rule. But but largely, there are right certain sounds yes. Yes. That, that we... Are are just um, is is understood to be pronounced a certain way in English, yeah. in, in American English, yeah. Um, and Celeborn is part of that, and you're right that it, it falls into that school the, where I, I think you're. I, I realize now it's a really great explanation of it that we're probably not correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this when we first came to his name, but there's a D and D character from a show I listen to whose name is Celeborn, spelled the C C E L. Whatever the fuck, but it it's the, it starts off spelled the same. They're almost compl- the same spelling. Yeah. So that's why I go to Celeborn is because it's almost the exact same name. Well, I mean, I think it's because too. It's like we the, it, it like we feel like that they're derived from words that we're familiar with, like you know, celebration or cell, you know, like jail cell or something. So yep. like 
so, I guess so. You know, our brain is just like wired to pronounce them certain ways. Um, so yeah, it's it's weird and it feels wrong when they're pronounced a different way than yeah. what yeah. we have been thinking they were pronounced. Yeah, but it did it it didn't hit that that often. I think most of the times when someone said a name, it was like I know that name. And it's like, I know exactly what they're talking about. Now yeah, I don't think we were that wrong. It was like one or two names. It wasn't like, it wasn't that. Yeah. It wasn't that, Dune level. It was not Dune level. It was not Dune level. <laughs> of no. like, what the, what yeah. the fuck? What the fuck? Leto? Are you kidding uh, yeah, me? Yeah, oh my god. Um, Benny last thing, last thing I have to talk about is the music. Mm. Oh. Not, not enough songs. That, we would be that, remiss that, if we didn't talk well, about the music. the soundtrack, on one hand, is... Iconic. I was saying right before we started, like I, I was, I let the credits roll while I was setting things up, um, just because Con- it's just playing the soundtrack, and I, I Connor played... didn't help but but sing. You know, <laughs> I'm 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 like an elf in that yes. way, in that way. Like like I I played some of these pieces in band way back in school. Um, I know the names of some of them, which is very rare. Like, there's like. Like, I know a few songs by name, but when it comes to soundtracks, there's maybe four or five, um, uh, like, movie franchises where I could start to name, like, completely instrumental pieces. Like, a bunch of Star Wars songs. I was going to say, they're they're all related to Lucasville. (laughs) Most of them. Um, Like, I know a few from Avengers, like Portals, um, the Avengers theme. Like, some of them are easy, like so-and-so's theme or something like that but no when it's something like concerning hobbits or um in dreams like oh i know these because i i saw the little like headers when i was playing them or i know how to look them up on youtube when i want to listen to them mm-hmm. um so the soundtrack's just frankly iconic and i told you guys i had the hardest time not just humming or whistling along uh while we were watching the movie the the songs in the world that we were playfully bitching about throughout the book. It's like, here goes Tolkien going off on his songs again. Underrepresented. Probably for the better, though. <laughs> but, no, but, but still represented. Yeah, because yeah, Aragorn, there. Aragorn is singing uh, about... The Aragorn song. Yeah, but it, you only hear like two or three lines before Frodo's like, who are you singing about? Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever the elves are on screen, they're not singing all the time, but when they, when they do sing, it's actually a lot more of the... Uh, the sad morose songs. Yes, yeah, and you're right. About it's that. like a funeral dirge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that well, one of them literally is a lament for Gandalf. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only we don't hear any of the, like the joyous elf songs. Yeah, which is, I mean, according, I, according to Tolkien, is like literally the background of Rivendell and Lothlorien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I did I did miss that. I'm not gonna lie and say <laughs> say I didn't. And I mean. You know, this was Bilbo a gore. Start a, when he left, though. What was that? When when Bilbo finally set off, he did. St- he starts singing a couple of lines. I couldn't. Make sure. Out exactly yeah. What he was saying, I mean, it's it's there, but it's not. There's yeah. no focus on it, which is okay. But um, I mean, I, I, I it's probably no surprise to you guys. I prefer the Hobbit soundtrack. This is a beautiful yeah. soundtrack. The lush I, arrangements, just gorgeous. But um, the Hobbit. The greatest so, yes. adventure. It's so good. <laughs> There's just something about it that uh. I've, you know. I, I've heard the animated version of this movie has similar soundtracks to The Hobbit. Well, yeah, it's the good. same producers and everything, but I, I would hope so. But honestly, like, can, can you imagine them attempting to do that in the early two thousands? I feel like it would be really <laughs> bad. Yes. Like, no, I, I, 
they probably had a lot of conversations about if and how to implement the singing. And I really, I find myself appreciating that they didn't just write it out entirely. Because I feel like, especially today, that would be the easiest route for them to go. Yeah. Just, there's no fucking singing. This isn't a fucking Disney movie. Nobody fucking sings. Not the Scrubs musical. Right. Like, (laughs) but they, they still chose to go this route where they incorporate it. But they do it in a way that it, it doesn't feel like people are breaking out into song like it's a musical number. Yes. Right. Which was never feels- Tolkien's intent, but like I I do think they landed somewhere in between like the the believable reality of the world and then like trying to keep within this tradition of like um, songs for merriment and history. Yeah, and yep. I mean, it simply wouldn't have translated to a modern audience. I mean, that's just not something that um, early 2000s moviegoers would be receptive to. Like, it's not Snow White, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe if this was a wholly pre-9-11 movie. Yes. If this came out in 2000... Post, post-9-11, <laughs> right, post no merriment, yeah, no singing. None. 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 You cannot be jolly. If this you came cannot out, be jolly. If, if this was August... 2001? Different story. Open the floodgates. Let it ride. September 2001? Uh, I don't think so, buddy. Maybe the first week. You better have some solemn fucking elves. Yes. Yeah. If they're going to be singing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it was, it it, it was the right choice for the time period. Disappointing nonetheless. Um, but still, it's, it's, uh, I, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm glad it's in there. In, in some way. And, and it, it's, 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 it, felt, it felt more grounded than it, did. Yeah. it does in the book. Because in yeah. the book, it's like everyone's singing all this, half the time, yeah. it feels like. No, you're right, you're right. But you're here, right. it's like Aragorn's just kind of like mumbling a few, uh, like a very soft melody to himself that Frodo happens to hear. It's like, it's, and it like kind that, of, that happens, I'm like, that's kind of what, hap- when I'm like doing the dishes and the tune gets stuck in my head. And also, it, it kind of makes me think more, because like these songs, like, some of the songs are, are yeah, they're well known and the, and people can sing along to them. But like the songs that like Aragorn was singing and and, and even that the, some of the songs that Frodo and Bilbo know, like those are like old songs that like not everybody knows. So to just like subtly hum it and, and not be a, like a, a grand sing along, it kind of makes makes sense because they're they're kind of it's it's kind of a more they're they're kind of more. Um, alone in their 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 knowledge and appreciation of this music too and it's not made a big deal but it's kind of a more solitary uh comfort yeah i agree um you mind if i jump into something a little different josh i just want to point out a couple things and then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of be done with what i want to say and we can sort of wrap it up our final thoughts we here. will wrap yeah, it up we're, we're at an hour 37 and i know 12 15 a.m I know, I know. Starting work a little. We we could talk for much longer, I'm sure, and I will try not to keep you. But um, this is great. So uh, likewise. Um, So I I had mentioned about how I liked the change of um, Gandalf being the one who wanted to avoid Moria. You know, there's a similar change in like the same events happen, but for different character motivated reasons that I want to shout out here. Um, it's that it's Frodo who solves the riddle of the door oh, yeah. to get into Moria. Mm, yeah. And in the book, I'm pretty sure Gandalf just 
thinks about it for long enough, and he's like, oh, it was so simple, uh, you know, I just had to do this. And it's like, ah, after a certain amount of time, Gandalf just figured it out. Didn't, didn't he bash Mary a bit more? I mean, I'm, I, I'm like, sure he did, but I don't think that helped him, uh, you know, solve it or get the answer. That's his brainstorming process. <laughs> what, I, what I like about the change in this, like, it makes sense that Frodo would be the one to recognize that it's a riddle and yep. subsequently solve it. And because hobbits are good at riddles. Exactly that. Yeah. We see that with uh, Bilbo. We see that with Gollum. Like, because of the whole riddle game in The Hobbit, it's like equating the entrance to Moria to a riddle, you know, not only the does Frodo get to have a little bit more, like, power and meaning within the Fellowship in that moment... But it makes sense that he's given that moment to begin with because it's like, yeah, like that that is what they're they're taught. That's like culturally they're more appreciable of riddles. Yep. Um, so I thought that was a really smart tweak because in the book, I literally think Gandalf just figures it out, but you have to read it, like eight pages of him being a little bitch about it. It felt like kind of a cop out, honestly, because yeah. because yeah. you're like, well, what's like, wh how are we gonna figure this out? And then he just does it exactly, and it's like, oh, okay, exactly. It's so it's anticlimactic. Um, I, I do like we were talking what you were saying a moment ago, but it made this idea pop in my head of Gandalf's thought process, which is, do I know what it is immediately? No, berate Mary. Yeah, I figured it out. Yeah. No, great idea. Yeah, it's a loop. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you just get no, but like, it, I I do think that's a bit of a consequence of our understanding of like contemporary storytelling because the way that it it is often shown and told to us, it's like you know if you you give this moment of uncertainty or something that can't happen or like there's a problem, and so in order. to to solve the problem, there must be a change or a usefulness of a character in order for it to be solved. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen in the book, so like I think that we're more liable to view it as weaker storytelling. And it's it's not that it's so black and white to say that that's like just literally the case. It's just wholly better in the movie. But I, I do think it's fair to say I think it's better in the movie because a character is given a moment to do something rather than they just sort of sit around in this passivity until it just happens anyways. Yeah. And it feels like, well, if you just, if the solution is just thinking about it for longer, why could that moment not have happened in the immediacy of coming up to the door in the yeah, first place. And I mean, you can even you can convey that better in a book too. You can convey the thinking and the non-speaking parts better in a book. And, you know, passing the time that way in a movie, you can't really do that. You can't show Gandalf fucking stroking his beard for for right. 15 minutes. Right. Um uh -huh. so so yeah, yeah, it, it it makes sense to have a, a more exciting or more more clever uh solution to that. And then lastly, um, I wanted to mention, so Aragorn, we get this idea that Aragorn doesn't want to bring the ring to Gondor for fear of men, mm. specifically, his own yep. race. 
And that um, we, we also get this between Aragorn and Arwen's conversation with one, one another. Arwen's like, oh, you know, you can't keep running away from your own lineage. Like, we, we get this oh, idea in the movie. That's another small change, is Arwen's actually in the movie. Okay, yes. That, that's a, that's she's definitely mentioned, She's mentioned in the book where it's uh, uh, Galadriel gives him what, she, what Arwen gives him in Rivendell. And so right. in, in, here in the movie, it's like, you already have what I was going to give you, effectively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Arwen is given the moment to be the one to save Frodo. Yeah, replace it, replacing that random elf guy yeah. from the book. But but the idea that, um, that Aragorn does not want to accept his position as king and does not want to go to Gondor... Because he doesn't want the ring to be in proximity of this kingdom of men. I, if those ideas are present in the book, I do not think either of them are translated clearly enough. Because I never got that impression once really? as a reader. You're right. So, it's not to say that Tolkien did not intend that. But if he did, I don't think it's done with any clarity as to effectively translate that idea. And I really like that watching this movie, both of those ideas are, are very clearly communicated to the audience. And it colors, uh, it, it colors Aragorn's character a little bit more, too. That's exactly it. And, That's and, the consequence of and it. And does, it does fit with his portrayal in the book as well. Like, it's, it doesn't conflict with it. Mm -hmm. It just it adds to it, which is great. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's sort of why, like, I kind of get this impression that, like, maybe it is what Tolkien intended or or wanted to, to try to convey through his writing, but it just it doesn't follow through all the way to a modern day audience. Yeah, it's in his notes. It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> it probably it, when we read the similar similar yeah yeah, yeah. Silmarillion. Fucking Christ. Too when we years. read the Silmarillion, uh, it's like oh maybe we'll go oh shit yeah it's, but but the exactly that. Um, it just felt like I I was struck by that so much more through the film. And, yeah, the characters kind of do lay that out sort of word for word, but, but it didn't feel, like, too blunt or, um, you know, like, condescending. No. Um, it, it, it was a good addition to Aragorn's character, because, like you're saying, it's already how he's portrayed. It just gives you a better idea of his motivation and why he acts the way he does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I totally yeah. agree with that. I, I enjoyed that, too. Um... Those were the only specific notes I wanted to get to. All right, folks. Well, that's about Wait, it. Last, last really quick thing I remember when he was talking. The tentacle monster in the in the lake had ten, finger tentacles. They they were like the the ends of the tentacles had like more tentacles coming off of them. And it's like, oh, that's what Tolkien meant this whole time when he said that the finger tentacles like. <laughs> I remember having a having an issue with that when we read it in the book. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, they actually managed to portray something that makes sense in the movie. So, yeah, that's funny. So we ran a little long. Well, on that note, folks, that's about it. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we will be starting uh, the two towers very shortly. Very. Stay tuned. So stay tuned. I have the book. I I purchased the book. It's in my possession. I've had the book for so many years. Um. Well, <laughs> whatever. Um. <laughs> Uh, if, if you're interested in supporting us, go to patreon.com slash chapter chumps. 
You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Chapter Chumps. You can email us if you want. I mean, no one really emails us. It's not Chapter Chumps Pod. No, it's just Chapter Jumps. It is just Chapter Jumps? It is. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to confuse Um, Maybe. <laughs> okay. Try, okay. Try both. If, if one whatever doesn't work, you get. Whatever you if get. one doesn't work, try both. Try the, try the other one, yeah. yeah um, some rando's going to get emails they know what the fuck are about. <laughs> we, we've, also, um, we, we've also revived Dune Dudes to talk about um, the, the upcoming Dune, second Dune movie. Mm-hmm. It's coming out. It's the so, Dune Dudes Gola Revival D- Project. Dune Dudes Gola Revival Project, yes. Which uh, we have a very special guest each week. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a surprise, but you may know and uh, you, you may know and love them. So tune in for that too. Um, and I'll have to see who it is. Yeah, I mean, very interesting. Uh, you, you you never know. Each episode, you never know who the guest is going to be. So it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, and most importantly, until next time. Get ready for the two towers. You know, we live in a post 9-11 world, like it or not. Yeah. And we are about to get into uh, some post 9-11 territory. I, well, some pre-post 9-11 territory. Pre-post 9-11, yeah. It is still Middle Earth. I, for one, am so excited to see Legolas chomping down some freedom fries. <laughs> <laughs> yum, yum, yum. S- some Lembus fries. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All All right. right. Well, that's about it. See you, bitches.